position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 328 of the Bass Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Friday, the 5th of February at uh, 3.19 a.m. Pacific Coast time. Left coast, coast with the most. Crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign. That's a good idea, Ivor. You're fired. Mm. Let's get straight to it because we have all we have miles to go before we sleep. It's a huge episode, a monumental episode, in fact. You hear this? This is page one. This is page two. Page three. Page four. Of our feature this week, which is a review. A review of Cyberpunk 2077 as played on Stadia. Um and before we get into our top stories, I should dis- declaim or disclaim, add a disclaimer. I don't want to declaim, I want to disclaim that although we are not lame, I want to uh, say that even though it is, we have played it on Stadia, that is the best 
I mean, there's one listener to this show who has had success running Cyberpunk 2077 to the point of completion, but he does have a fucking $5,000 brand new computer. Um, and that's not, that's not one of even, it should not be one of even the issues. Blah, the game is buggy as fuck, but we'll talk about more about that in a moment. First, let's get straight to our top stories. And then at the end of the show, we will have three deals for you this week. Three deals! So we're gonna try to keep this nice and tight and we're gonna we're gonna fucking fail! That would make it for our sequel friends, by the way. Uh, 2021-0205 I think this is our first show in February. Yes. Wow. 328. Jesus. Mmm. So, Top story. Our top stories. Uh, Jewish space lasers aside from our uh, Cyberpunk 2077 review, we've not beaten the game yet. So you can expect maybe an addendum. But I'm over 120 hours in the game and we have to review it sometime. So it might as well be when it's timely and contemporary. And that this way we can re- rerun this if I ever need a uh, evergreen once it works well on every system and stuff but I wanted to put all of this stuff up front because this game had some quality assurance issues although I don't even really qualify them as that but when your game can't run on a console after you spent six years fucking developing it that's a quality assurance problem (laughs) It's a learn-to-code problem. Anyway, it is completely antithetical to what I've experienced, so let's get straight to it. Shall we, Ivor? Based on with the review bumper. Ivor! In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. Alright, so our review for this week is Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, it has a big burden. It has a big, big heavy burden um, behind it because there is probably no title that has been more heavily anticipated in certain segments of the population than Cyberpunk 2077. It had a rocky release. It is still fairly rocky, there are still bugs even on Stadia which is the most stable way to play it by the way, in my humble opinion you don't want to invest in a new computer you know, although the system requirements aren't, you know, that's it's generally playable not, that's that's not the right word not, not the right way of saying it it is incredibly good on Stadia and has less of the game breaking bugs you're not going to miss out on anything other than, like, you know, you're going to dial back the graphics about mm, maybe 8%, 5 to 8% off of playing it natively on Linux, which you can do using Proton. Um, but I've not found a way to obviate. Uh, it's not a game-breaking bug on Proton, uh, but it is a bug, and it's very irritating. There's a bug when I play the game via my Steam license, natively, you know, on my Linux machine via Proton, locally, 
on my uh, Linux machine via Proton, I can't hear it when other people shoot at me. And there's certain dialogue sequence, certain uh, interstitial dialogue that that isn't played over my sound system. I've tried everything to fix this. It doesn't work. Stadia is our review copy. That's what I'm trying to say here. And Stadia, all that shit works fine. Some of the persistent game bugs, though, that uh, are inside of the actual game design persist across all platforms. For instance, there's the Takahashi bug where he keeps calling you. There's one where he ends up locked on the bottom of your screen. Blah, 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 blah. We're not going to talk about very much of the story here because as ever, we are spoiler free. But I do want to plunge you balls deep into Cyberpunk 2077. So, let's talk, let's start with like the best stuff about Cyberpunk 2077. First of all, this does earn Best Things Games Podcast highest honor that we can confer upon any game, which is it's worth full price, all price, any price, every price, any system, all systems, any day, any year, any week, any fucking moment! This is one of the best games that you will ever play. Now, let's start with the preamble. Due to its buggy-as-fuck release, plagued, it's gonna be unfortunate that this game is so plagued by by just what memories of... Many people will not play this game because of its buggy release. It's sad. But if... When you start to play it on Stadia, hopefully, because it's the best way to play it. I got JoJo Kimon Kendall playing it on Stadia right now. Um, I play it on Stadia, and I played it on both licenses. You will be sucked into another world. Another world. Not another world. Another world. Another world. A world that is fiercely, fiercely realistic, uncompromisingly realistic, set 56 years in the future from today. This makes this game okay, so in interest of full disclosure, when I first heard of Cyberpunk 2077, ever, I want to say it was like six and a half years ago, seven years ago, might have been five, it's hard to tell with quarantines because it warps your brain, and I don't keep a note exactly when I hear of a game. I was like, that game sounds amazing, and I'm never fucking looking at anything that anyone has to say about this game until I get to play it myself. That is the approach you too, gentle listener, should have applied to this game. So if you know things about this game, do not ruin them for other people about this game. I will not ruin them. So I came to this game as a complete blank slate. 30 hours into my play, I've, I've logged over 120 hours in the game. I'm at the end of the game right now. I don't know if I'm going to be able to bring myself to beat it. But, bottom line is this. You will enter a world in a world. You will enter into a Philip K. Dick inspired world. 
a dystopian vision of the future that is as realistic as detailed and as heavily populated as any world that you've ever entered into in any video game ever period that's that's a full stop the game that this game reminds me most of and has reminded me most of as I as I keep playing it is my favorite video game of all time and you can check out Blue Wizard's about to die on Amazon, although evidently people have been posting stuff in the Discord about BWIATD. It's difficult because we were supposed to be on Amazon again as an ebook, but anyway, it does not matter. That that's immaterial to this review. The game that this game reminds me most of is Fallout 2. In terms of the technical difficulties. What do I mean by that? Fallout 2 came out it took two years because this was before the internet really you had to go to a fucking store and buy optical disc media CDs mm. which not everyone had a CD reader at that time and not because they had become so superfluous but because not everyone had the extra $300-$400 to fucking have a fucking optical media drive in their machine. So it took two years for that game to get past buggy as fuck. When the internet came came around and you could patch it finally and uh, all of a sudden that game opened up beyond its bugs. But for those of us who were brave enough to play it, earlier than that, such as myself, it was an experience, unlike anything else. It was rich, it was detailed, it allowed you to do whatever the fuck you wanted, however the fuck you wanted to do it. It had solid gameplay mechanics, in terms of I'm talking about both games here now, so follow me. I'm talking about Fallout 2 and Cyberpunk 2077. It had amazing graphics for the time. The graphics in Cyberpunk 2077 are out of control. They're just beyond ridiculously good. And it had a plot and a story that drew you in with voice acting, dialogue, and every little detail, every little aspect of the game world. So, let me update this for like those of you who might be under 5,000 years old. Um, Do you remember the... If you've never played... um, If you're a fan of Skyrim, Skyrim is kind of similar, but Skyrim is a shitty game. So fuck you if you want to say fuck you to me, I say fuck you to you. Because it's a shitty game. How many fetch quests do you want to do? Oblivion. Elder Scrolls Oblivion which for over like a decade held the title as being the most beautiful game that I'd ever seen visually beautiful game uh, that I'd ever seen everything was interactable but it didn't get in the way every detail, every scroll could be read every shard every every, uh, shard could be hacked, every 
Every document could be scrutinized and read by your character. Takes place in a first-person setting. Exclusively first-person setting, hopefully. Biggest crime about Cyberpunk 2077 is that it did not come out in VR. We are talking about an enormous world here. It's all set in Night City. You take on the role of V. You could be male or female at character creation. I'm not going to ruin anything about the story. You are a netrunner. You're a street punk, a cyber hacker, uh, a gun for hire, a mercenary. Literally from the minute you press start, the game does not hit you with any lengthy introduction. You're just there doing what your character was doing as if you, the player, are the character. And that is the great genius of this game, my friends. It puts you in 2077. Now, what does that mean? Let's talk about the three games that this game, other than Fall... By the way, Fallout 2, for fucking 10 years, no one liked that game. Even people who loved that game, like myself, we didn't have the internet to crow about it on. Now it's widely regarded as one of the greatest games ever made, and for my money, I don't know if it's still the greatest game ever made, period, but I... It's been 13 years since I did Blue Wizards About to Die, and that is my pick for greatest game of all time when we did that book. Bayonetta might be up there now for me, but that's a different story altogether. All of a sudden, all the bugginess after so many years, hear hear these pieces of paper? We're going to go through all these pieces of paper. And that's unusual, because normally I do this on the iPad. But, um, same, kind of a similar thing with No Man's Sky. Everyone's like, ah, it's so buggy, it's fucked up! That game was buggy and fucked up, though. Mmm. Almost unplayable. But then, as the years rolled by, everyone could look back, and if you paraphrase Hunter S. Thompson, if you look back with the right kind of eyes you could almost see where the high watermark was set of an era Cyberpunk 2077 is the high watermark of the next decade if we all live one frequent one frequent criticism that I get about Cyberpunk 2077 or that I've seen, not that I get but I've seen this criticism is that it's like Borderlands X Borderlands whatever, no it's nothing like Borderlands, you have to be a fucking idiot to compare this game to Borderlands the only thing that this game and Borderlands the Borderlands franchise have in common is that it's in first person and that like yeah it is heavily inventory management weapon management, mod management based. You spend a lot of time in weapon and mod management screens. What I would say though is where Cyberpunk 2077 differs from all of the above the immense traversable fucking world. Yes, it's not the most interactive world that you've ever seen. No, it is not the most um, actually it is probably the most 
immersive world I've ever been in other than No Man's Sky. Um, But you listen in on other people's conversations. It is sometimes fun to just drive to a certain spot and just watch the street for 20 minutes. I don't know. It might just be me because I'm frequently stoned when I play it. But the world is not just convincing, it is overwhelming. And that is the word, my friends, that I want you to all take away from this, my humble review, is that the world of Cyberpunk 2077 is overwhelming eventually it took me 30 hours in to get past the well I'm not I I don't want to tell you about any individual elements of the story and if you go and read about any individual elements of the story without having played it then fuck you you fucked yourself out of one of the best gaming experiences of your life the same way with ardent ferocity that I tell everyone do not read anything about Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain before you've beaten it completely and have seen all five credit sequences and I will say no more beyond that you will ruin the game if you go and read anything about the game go and I by design same way that I managed to see all of Game of Thrones in one month before the final episode and knew nothing about it. Eight years. Mm. That's what I did with 2077 and my god am I glad I did. So I, I lost my train of thought there, but here are the games that this game most reminds me of. Fallout 2, obviously, because Fallout 2 is now in bathed in glory! Um, in In my mind's eye, I've gotten to the end of that game 17 times, 16 times, something like that. Took the book to make me fucking finally beat it. But here are the other games this game really reminds me of. Privateer. Privateer 2, actually. Privateer, Wing Commander, Privateer, but on foot. Not Borderlands. Borderlands is a silly multiplayer shoot-em-up. This game is a silly single-player shoot-em-up, but you have a deadline inside of your head. You'll learn about that once you play the story. The other game it reminds me a lot of is System Shock. For its inventory management, mod management, its cybernetic management, its multiplicity of playstyles and approaches to combat, to freeform strategic thinking. But Privateer and Quarantine. Quarantine. Am I that drunk? Quarantine. Excuse quarantine. It's because I keep thinking about how we are all living in the quarantines. Quarantine. 
quarantine put you in the role of a fucking, this is way back in the day put you in the role of a guy who was locked in a taxi cab trying to get to his family beyond the wall in a dystopian city where you run taxi cab missions that are procedurally generated you know it was way out of its time thus the same thing with 2077 you want to be rich beyond all imagining well you can do that just you know do you, how do you want to play do you want to use your fucking scissor arms you want to use your mantis blades do you want to use monofiber quickly discreetly kill your enemies do you want to use smart weapons weapons that where you aim but it's all interfaced into your neural network into your neural network which is patched in to your fucking brain where your bullets will bend will curve will go around walls based on targets that you don't even have to designate because it knows what's in your brain or do you want to be a brawler you want to you want to just fucking pull out a fucking lead pipe and smash people's faces in counter them block them bam 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 bam, bam. or do you want or alternatively, do you want to be a subtle, a, a, a subtle, stealthy, creepy motherfucker who infiltrates the enemy's network as, like, all dynamically while you're doing all this shit? Do you want to be hacking their networks, infecting them with fucking brutal quick acts, like fucking synaptic burnout? Bam, you're dead, bitch! Whoa, looks like you guys are in trouble now that your gun's gone. Oh, you got turrets? Oh, well, let me quick act them. (laughs) Initiate overload, initiate overload. All right, gentlemen, let's play. How do you want to do it? You want to do a combination of all of them? You can. And then you plunge all of this into this, literally, that is the word. The word is overwhelming. Overwhelm, that's like, well, actually, well, whelm isn't a word, but over is a word. Overwhelming is a word. It just has three syllables. Overwhelming vision of what the world will look like in 2077. Now, here's one spoiler alert. It's a tiny one game takes place in Night City, you take on the role of V, and Night City is actually the greater Los Angeles metropolitan area including Barstow, Parker, uh, and San Diego. That's Pacifica. Um, and they spent so much time. It feels like every place that you go is a place. And everything you see and everything you do is designed to overwhelm you. Everything. Every aspect of this game is designed to over-fucking-whelm you. Voice acting, generally, scale of 1 to 10, it's a 9. Story, on a scale of 1 to 10, I haven't beaten the game, but I am at the end of the game. It is a strong, strong 9 
It is one of the best stories. Blows everything else that I've ever played. Philip K. Dick right now is rolling over in his grave. This is a dystopian future that is as real and realistic seeming. And so within reach. Night City isn't called Night City because it's a fun name. You'll learn about why it's called Night City. But it's LA. It's Los Angeles. And a lot of Los Angeles is still in Night City. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel the same. You have autonomous cars. You can whistle up your car like you would a horse in Red Dead Redemption uh, 2 online. But it's overwhelming in every aspect. Overwhelming as well in another game, in terms of a comparison to another game, one of my favorite games of all time, which unfortunately got subsumed and consumed by its buggy history. You're right, Ivor. Let's have more whiskey. That would be me say you Blade Runner. Blade Runner, the video game, which also came on Optical Media about three years before the first Day X game came out, I want to say. Game was horrifically buggy, and it but it combined everything between a uh, uh, a detective novel and a gun game kind of ish in the side scrolling it was way too ambitious this game brings everything that Blade Runner wanted to do into full fruition the biggest difference between Cyberpunk 2077 and the Borderlands franchise is that Borderlands is not a detective game. 2077 isn't a detective game either. It just is a detective game. It, the gestalt of the game overwhelms you. Well, what do you want to do? You have 500 different things you can do. Literally 500 map locations. Some of them are fetch quests. Some of them are, you know, all of, many of them are incredibly detailed. These are all side missions. Your main mission, I'm not going to tell you what it is. And you need to go play the game and not listen to anybody else and not look up anything about the game. But the main... I'll be obtuse here. The main problem with you as being V is that somewhere between 5 to 30 hours into the game, you will start the game and then you're going to die. And you have to figure out how not to die. Meanwhile, their exigencies need their mouths to be kissed before mouths to be fed, and there's many a tryst and there's many a bed. And you will explore these locales and not explore in like this in this limp dick fucking Skyrim 
I'm sorry. I, I beat Skyrim three times. I beat it once in front of my last ex-girlfriend. I liked Skyrim quite a bit. It was a bunch of fetch quests. And I could not give a fuck about anything that happened in Skyrim other than the combat. The exact opposite is true in 2077. It makes you feel. Makes you feel like you are V. And so, the overwhelmingness of just the details of the city, of the locales, of the of the, the, the adjacent locales of of all the vehicles of all the types of vehicles you can jack and drive of the music of you can almost smell the fucking game I swear to god you can almost smell the game when you're playing it you can almost smell it never played anything like it but you get to decide what you want to do and it's not just like a binary set of scares. There are binary dialogue sequences, some of which reveal more detail uh, in terms of you know dialogue decisions or whatever. But otherwise, you can just basically get on with just selecting the the one that boots you straight into the next portion of the story or the mission or whatever. But it's all of these side missions. And there are, I've done hundreds of them. Some of them actually have a script. Some of them look like they're going to take no time at all. They'll take you an hour and a half. To give you an idea, like that's like a major story mission. But this is a side mission. It'll take you an hour and a half. And And it might unlock other things other story missions that you would never fucking imagine. Everything ultimately generally goes the same, you know, place, etc., 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 because you have this sense of gravity in that you are after the 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 talk, the the clock stucker tricking after the after <laughs> after the clock starts ticking. Um, spoonerism there for you. And they went from house to house. And you can't turn that around. So, let's talk about the gameplay. Once the, once the clock starts ticking, though, it's not a, it's not a desperate time chase or whatever. It, it, it's just a slow, slow drip that you are very aware of. And you have very many problems because you, that's the best way to describe it. You become ill about 20% through the game and then the rest of the game is you discovering everything about it and everything about the world around you so let's talk about some aspects of realism one there's automated cars which is great that is totally realistic there evidently appears to be universal uh, income because there's lots of people who are kind of lost like they're not quite homeless they're not quite they're not junkies they're they're just lost they don't have a real destiny and they consume a lot of shit um porn is number 1 
Sexual gratification is number one. There are three different flavors of porn. Four different flavors of porn in the game. One, fucking meat space porn. There's two different flavors of meat space porn. You can fucking buy whatever augmentations you want for your junk. You can be whatever the fuck. You can be a hermaphrodite. You can be I mean, Chokemon's a hermaphrodite. He's, he's got some dude chick with like giant tits and a fucking massive schlong. I, I'm just a chick. I'm just straight up. Mm. That's more whiskey. You can be from one of three different factions. Corpos, the corporate people who, you know, ostensibly run the world, have access to better equipment and resources. Uh, the scavs, well, I don't know if they're scavengers, but they're outlanders. They're, they're, they're the people who live in the, uh, the deserts outside of LA. Or you can be uh, a street kid, a street punk, a cyberpunk, a fixer, well, like I am. Subservient to fixers everywhere. Fixers are the people who set up jobs for you. Major jobs. And minor jobs. These jobs pay. They pay money. You use the money. You use the eddies. That's the term for money. You use the eddies. You, you, what, you cap the conks. Keep the tombs happy. Use the eddies. Upgrade your equipment. Upgrade your wetware. Cyberware. Your deck. Implants. Chips. Chips, bitches. Talk to a bunch of people. Ask a lot of questions. And discover how this city became this way. Through the eyes of V. Anonymous NetHacker who wants one thing and whatever that one thing is is whatever you have to do it's like it's like the legend of it's like city slickers well I'm Jack Plans I'm gonna tell you the secret of life it's one thing I'm Billy Crystal I'm a Muppet what's that one thing it's one thing <laughs> you're going to have to figure it out and for your character each run your one thing will be what it is that you decide it is now combat approaches combat is a constant fucking thing by the way one of my favorite things in 2077 I love getting on my fucking motorcycle one of them one of my many motorcycles at this point and driving in one direction for as long as I can dealing with all of the randomly spawned fucking interstitial street gang combat things because you can contract out as part of Night City Police Department and help them with their law enforcement thing which means killing everybody generally and then securing the evidence and then also finding so all of this stuff all of this stuff is so much fun and all of it's so different from 
anything else that you've ever played. It's not so different. It's just the ultimate sublimation of everything good into one game. And there's a persistent day and night cycle. Um, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of time that you will spend in inventory. Lots of time is spent with inventory management, encumbrance, and upgrades of inventory. There's a crafting component to this game that is very detailed, where you can make your... Once you get schematics, you go to clothes stores, you buy schematics for clothing... Go to junk stores, you buy schematics or eh, not just schematics. I mean, if you're smart, that's what you do. You buy schematics. Because schematics let you create higher level clothing. If you don't want to do that, then you don't have to. You can just fucking go to clothing stores, buy fucking better armored clothing. I like to focus on my look, though, so I like to craft everything. And crafting has its own rewards because all the skill trees are interrelated in different ways. Like crafting is also tied to your technical ability, which is not net hacking, but technical ability is also tied to like your ability to force open doors to solve mechanical problems and stuff like that. It's very much like Fallout 2 in a more elegant and streamlined way. There's almost always more than one way to solve any problem. And there's always the ability to walk away from any problem if you want. But once again, let's return to that word overwhelming. The sheer number of guns. The variety of guns. There are three different types of guns. There's tech, power, and smart. Once you get your fucking operating system fucking upgraded with like uh, and your hand upgraded with a, a smart capability, you don't need to aim anymore. You just shoot. Once you get Manus Blades, those are, they, on your forearms, they rip off your forearms, by the way. The Ripper Doc will do that for you. Rips off your forearms, gives you two new, beautiful, strong, lithe, elegant, robotic forearms, and they can be in one of three different flavors. It can be monofiber, where you just rip people apart, or as I've played, I've only, I've not done monofiber, I've done manis blades. Your forearms, when you activate your manis blades, they split apart. So you have these two blades that are like scythes that extend beyond your hands. You can still take the inhalers and everything that you need for health you know, it's not like a big fucking deal, you can walk around with them you know, blah, you can block with them but also you can impale people you can fucking impale people oh yeah, I'm sorry, you have a problem and you lift them up and one goes through the heart the other one goes through the other lung and you lift them up and you throw them down and they're fucking dead Do you have any questions? Mm. Uh, let's say a bunch of guys in the catwalk start opening up on you. Well, then you can fucking pull out any of your guns. Or you can quick hack them. You can just... It, it doesn't freeze time, but when you press the left bumper, it does slow down time drastically. I would say it's like one-eighth 
time. Um, and you can quick hack people. And or you can uh uh you can quick hack people or you can hack their network. Quick hacking is great. You want to do a stealth mission? You want to do a mission where you don't want to be seen? Well, if you have the if you have the necessary fucking operating system, yeah, if you have an operating system that's good enough, moves that are good enough, you can actually do real stealth in this game. Mm. Guy sees you. I have a fucking mod in me that slows down time to half speed. There's a little uh, detection indicator above their head. I spot them. Time slows down as they spot me. I spot them. I quick hack them. And I select optical whatever the fuck. Reset their optics. They go blind. They saw nothing. Or I infect them with, or I give them contagion, or I give them synaptic burnout, which kills them generally instantly. Every piece of equipment has uh, ranks. It's it goes from like you know common, uncommon, rare to like epic, and then ultimately legendary. And you can make these things, and then you can mod them. You can modify them. In terms of your actual kinetic weaponry, there are four classes of weapons. There's shotguns, grenades, uh, pistols, uh, and sniper rifles. Yeah, that's four. And there's also, like, you know, like I said, monofiber for your arms and stuff. You know, you can have Ripper Docs rebuild you however you want. You can buy new vehicles. You can steal vehicles wherever you go um you can try to be stealthy if you wish in fact it's one of the more beneficial ways of playing the game is to try to avoid conflict it's very much like Fallout 2 unfortunately conflict will find you and that's when for me and if you don't like the idea of a of a mantis blades or of a monofiber thing with your arms well you have your arms ripped off and replaced with gorilla arms and these are brawler arms these let you fight with your fists like no one has ever fought with their fists before uh, different shades and flavors of operating systems can you know super boost if you if you go towards like a one strategic type of build for yourself one strategic type of place that you will discover it. And that's the great genius of this game. It is overwhelming in every aspect. Overwhelming. And you can buy different types of vehicles. And you can have them summoned. They auto-drive to you. Etc. 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 It is amazing. The day turns to night, and the night becomes the day. Cycles, depending on where you are in the city or where you aren't in the city, is magnificent to see. And the sense of freedom is overwhelming. The game-breaking bugs do not help. There are still game-breaking bugs even on Stadia. Like I mentioned 
earlier on in this review. Um, my advice is save early, save often, manually save, clean up some of your old lead saves, always keep at least three, I mean, if you've ever played a buggy game before, you don't want this game to bug you, because if it bugs you, it will fuck you up. Luckily, I've managed to avoid any of the game-breaking save bugs, but they keep pushing out updates, who knows what the fuck. Other negatives. Hacking, the hacking interface can get a little repetitive, but it does get more complex as you go along, and you do get better at it once it starts to make sense to you as you go along. And so it does become more fun to use as you go along, but you don't have to use it. Almost, you almost never have to use it. Um, the lack of tutorial, it speeds you in the story, but you can f- but you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can talk to whoever you want. Also, the nav navigational mapping, which is what you use to follow the path to... You can have a primary objective and a secondary objective. Primary objectives are story missions or pseudo-story missions. This is the great genius of the game. It's open-ended in this sense. All, okay, so like, let me give you, I'll just give you a very plain example of this, and then then we'll conclude it. By the way, Cyberpunk 2077 earns Best Linux Games Podcast, ultimate highest honor that we can bestow upon any game. It is worth full price, all price, any price, every price, any day, this day, tomorrow, next year, any year. It is a landmark and it will be remembered as an achievement and we haven't even talked about the story yet but one last thought major story missions are called on the map they're designated as yellow missions it will automatically, if you have not selected a story mission or whatever, it will automatically select the next one that you're supposed to go do. You can then open the map and select any one of 100. I mean, there's like about 50 of them at any given time. I'm, I've winnowed them down. There's like only maybe 25 now left for me, but they they repopulate, they, they blah. The blue missions are the side objective missions that you want to do. And the, the, you the, those don't get picked for you. You pick them. That's like your your objective. Side missions though can be blue or yellow. Yellow side missions that are not assigned to you, you can go do them. And they will be, you'll be talking to a fixer who will explain the mission to you once you get in the area. And you develop relationships with these fixers. Some of these side missions are not so side mission-y. Some of them are longer than even the longest story missions that I've played. Some of them are more intense. You can see the uh, ranking of the mission before you select it as your destination and then you go to it you know, you, you either drive there, you take public transit, whatever 
this is what makes it another thing that makes it so overwhelming because there is there's never any point in the game where you're like what should I do I don't know what and everything happens so fast and it's 2077 baby 2077 get on it get on it Chum you don't want to be a gonk And that's it. So, for our deals, it's a phenomenal game. And I haven't even mentioned a single bit of the story. Oh, and it's all about style, though. For me, my character, all my clothing, all about style. Go to clothing stores, you get better schematics for clothing, or you actually buy off the rack. You want clothing with empty mod slots. You want weapons with empty mod slots. Add scopes. Add other fucking modifications to those that you can craft or and or buy. Um, so you know, there's like one one uh, one uh, item modification for clothing called armadillo, <clears throat> and it scales with your um, your rank. You can't remove these mods, though. But then you can sell the weapons. You can recycle weapons. You can recycle clothing into components to craft new... It's unbelievable. But uh, armadillo... <clears throat> excuse me. Armadillos, which I don't have the crafting spec for, but I need, add 50 to, like, 90 points of armor to anything that you're wearing if it has a clothing mod slot and you plug it in. Scopes for your guns. Modifications for your guns. You find a gun with three fucking modification slots. By the way, my favorite weapon in the game is my katana. It does 700 fucking some odd points of damage. And the damage is graphic. The gore is real. You can walk into a fucking... Like I said... Meat markets in the future, three different, four different fucking flavors, two of them in meat space. One's dolls. Dolls are fucking human beings who are willingly chipped so they don't, when they go to sleep at night, they don't remember what it is they do when they sleep. And they're fuck toys. And they meet and exceed expectations for their clients. The other other type is brain dances which is where you relive someone else's experiences and of course these the implications of that are very interesting and explored very thoroughly in that you get to edit brain dances and use them as intelligence sources so you've never been in a room well we can find the right person you get the right brain dance you can be in that room and then you can pause it and explore each aspect of that room for the, the things that you need if, you know, that's what you're into. Otherwise, you can go on guns blazing and end up fucking face first flat on your ass. Fortune and glory, my friends. Fortune and glory. So, in conclusion, uh, our deals this week are all th- all three of them are from the K2 Games sale that ends on February 18th. I would recommend playing Cyberpunk 2077 on Stadia. But 
these three you don't want to miss because these are fucking good deals. One is XCOM 2, 92% off at $4.80. These are on Steam. XCOM 2, 90, 92% off, $4.80. XCOM Complete Pack, which includes, does not include any of the reboots. It, it includes XCOM, XCOM Enemy Unknown, XCOM Terror from the Deep, XCOM all the XCOM games that you've ever played before the reboots 75% off $3.74 through February 18th I have not checked to see if any of those run on Steam but Terror from the Deep is the best XCOM game ever made and then one of the greatest games of all time ever period Sid Meier's Pirates 75% off $2.49 and that game I know for a fact runs well on Steam via Proton and uh, that's it, I will see you next week hopefully with new teeth later tunes there is no Windows version of weaponized chess boy this is fucking ponderous man ponderous, fucking ponderous it only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. <laughs> The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice. Four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, Schlemizel, Hasenbemp Incorporated.